It's the Awake Space Astrology Podcast, and I'm Lori Rivers with you, here to give you some inspiration to get those aspirations out into the world. We've got a big old full moon brewing in October 28th. It's the lunar eclipse. I'll be talking about why visibility matters, what's up on deck with that lunar eclipse, where it's visible, and what it means for us in the western hemisphere of the globe, and and why we treat it like a big old full moon, and why it's such a doozy, because it's got some very intense and complicated, I can't even talk, complicated astrology with it. So I'll be going through that in the first segment. Um, I'll talk a little bit uh, about how you can use that energy to your benefit. We're going to save the juicy bits for the patron only podcast. And we're going to talk about Joe Biden a little bit and how this full moon might impact him, his administration, and what's up with the presidential election in 2024. Um, I you notice I haven't given a lot of predictions and I mostly have just said it's like the incumbent party wins. And that's because it, there's a couple of things I see are potentials for Joe Biden and the current world events are making me wonder if there, if there's reasons to what I've been looking at and, and maybe it's more clarifying. So, um, we'll talk about that. I don't have any guests today, but I'm really glad you enjoyed my daughter and I last episode. I've got so much great feedback from that. Obviously, I'm back in the studio. And very soon, I will be in studio with her when we do our podcast, which won't be astrology specific. We're going to kind of have everything on there. You can't really have me and not have some kind of astrology, but there's a lot more to this old girl. Um, So I'm looking forward to that. I'll let you know when we're getting ready to release. got the card decks i showed uh the website to the people who showed up with uh to coffee with Lori in the discord today i gave a sneak peek of what the card of the day oracle is going to be like on the website so that was fun um it's crazy intense times my friend and it's it's going to continue to be crazy and intense for well, pretty much through the end of the year. Um, maybe not as intense as October, but it, there's different flavors of that intensity. Now, that doesn't mean you can't do anything. It really doesn't. It doesn't mean you can't do anything about that. There's certain things you can't really stop, but you still can take some action. And I'll be talking about that on the podcast as well. I'll do some astrology Q&A from patrons. And again, we have the patron only podcast where I'm going to go full through the full moon nitty gritty and how to really specifically use that energy for your chart and uh, talk about how to find where that five degrees of of Taurus is in your natal chart. All right, let's get on with the show, shall we? So 
Uh, eclipses are eclipses where they're visible. And I got asked on TikTok why visibility matters when it doesn't matter for a full moon. And I thought that was a fair enough question. So let me explain kind of the physics of the matter to you. The moon is full globally, whether you can see it or not, because the sun and moon are in opposition. So just gravitationally, we're going to feel that. That's a visceral, physical event okay thing we can actually measure the impact of a full moon using scientific method okay we can we we it's not just the tides i love how some newtonian physicists are like well it governs the tides i don't know dudes the tides are kind of important um uw university of washington in seattle actually did a sleep study and found that uh, 70 almost 75% of people have sleep disruption around the time of the full moon and they felt it might be, and they said might, might be an evolutionary um, side effect of, of being hunter gatherers that, you know, some things are nocturnal and there's a whole lot of light. There was no electricity back then. So there would have been a whole lot of light from a full moon, no cloud cover. So there's that. And an eclipse is only visible um, in, in a geographical location. So an eclipse is only visible in a geographical location. This one is visible in the entire continent of Africa, Europe, Asia Minor, and into Central Asia and the subcontinent. So a lot in those conflict zones right now. Ukraine, Palestine. Um, yeah. It's it's going to be interesting. The whole of the Middle East. And I'm afraid it's probably going to escalate. When I look at the news, and remember, I'm a political analyst. I specialized in the Middle East. And hands down, we've had the worst foreign policy um, really since 9-11. We declared war on non-governmental entities, okay? Whether it was Al-Qaeda or ISIS or Hamas or whatever, Um, as much as they may do horrific things, they're not sovereign states, okay? (laughs) And uh, flattening a country is collective punishment that is against international law. That is, that's against the Geneva Convention. And so we've destabilized that place. When I say we, I mean the United States. Great Britain would fall into that. Part of NATO would fall into that. And um, oddly enough, that doesn't make us friends. You know? um, and I can already hear the, well, what were we supposed to do? I, I don't know. Maybe not make up reasons to bomb people. Um, especially the war in Iraq. But even the war in Afghanistan was really pushing it, um, really pushing it as far as the legal side of it goes. I'm not talking about ethical. I'm not talking moral. I'm talking just international law. 
And international law has been a failure because the wealthier states kind of control the organizations. And what's really weird is the conspiracy theorists will be like, the United Nations have been controlling America for decades. And I'm like, America pays the United Nations bills. Do you really think they're controlling us? Or do you think perhaps we have the upper hand in that one? I don't know. I, I don't know how people think sometimes. But uh, anyway. So um, it doesn't have enough teeth. You know, there's no, just like we found in our own just national government, there's not a lot of con consequences for bad actors um and it's for people who breach the law well so too we have that at all levels so we're seeing what happens when power is unconstrained okay and a lot of us have been at the mercy of people who are power mongers, whether it, you know, it's in childhood with abusive parents or other adults or authority figures, or we've been in domestic violence situations as adults. Um, these types of situations can be very triggering. You know, they have been to me, this, this powerlessness, um, perceived powerlessness can be pretty tough. Why am I talking about this? Well, eclipses are all about change. And you know what they're not good for? They're not good for leaders. Okay. Um, if you're a regular person, you don't really need to fear an eclipse too much. What happens is there might be some things out of your control, like a natural event or a... Um, if there's a conflict, okay, or a war, some of that is out of your control and you just, you have to kind of be in your survival mode. So, but it's not, God, this sounds awful, but it, it's not, if it's not within your personal control, it, it's not personal. You have to kind of lean into, again, survival instincts and, and it's not the same as if it's like a full moon where you could really harness that energy. But it's not coming for you directly is what I'm meaning. Now, if you're a leader, if you're someone who is in power, then eclipses don't always bode well for you. Now, we just had a solar eclipse throughout the United States. The main part of the path was very narrow, but it had some visibility throughout the United States, um, that, that shakes things up politically. This lunar eclipse being visible very much in the Middle East has me a little worried about the stability of the region. Um, so far, I've been actually kind of impressed with the neighboring states for restraint and the push for diplomatic solutions. I, I don't think that would have happened 40 years ago. I just don't. I don't, I don't think they would have been able to hold steady. In fact, um, you know, it, it, we know what happened in 73. And if you don't know what happened in 1973, look up the 1973 war. Um, so there's, there's restraint, which is really hard. And it's going to be hard to hold back populations. So we may see an escalation. Um, 
I, I don't really see that the United States has done too much to detour um, or make a ceasefire. I, I just haven't seen that. You know, now again, I'm not behind the scenes. I'm sure there are some diplomats working their butts off around the clock. There has been some news out of the State Department that um, there's there's friction within it between career diplomats and, and policymakers with the administration. And there's been some resignations for that. And I can see that as somebody who studied the matter and worked for multinational corporations. Now, I went to the direction of, hey, is this place going to be stable enough to invest in? Um, because I didn't want to work for the government because I didn't want to be involved in bad policies that I couldn't morally align to. Okay. Cause funny enough, the reason why they always try to limit travel, you know, how they make it hard to get your passport and meet other people. And when you're an expat, they want you to live in the big compounds with the big walls and the razor wear. I'm not talking about Europe. I'm talking like if you go to the developing world. It's because they don't want people to get to know each other. Because <laughs> if you humanize one another instead of demonize one another, well, by golly, we might not be able to coerce agreement uh, for the military industrial complex that Eisenhower warned us about. So, yeah, there's that. <laughs> there's that. So... I'm not going to lie, as a political analyst, this has made me nervous. This, I, We're pushing boundaries right now. We're pushing boundaries that are concerning. And um, anyway, so um, on a personal level, like if you're like, should I be worried? I'm like, well worrying doesn't tend to help. Ask me how I know. It just makes you lose sleep and productivity. Uh, <laughs> however, I would be very aware it is going to be very volatile on the day of the full moon. Okay. It's going to be very volatile. The most volatility over the next six months until the, the April solar eclipse is going to really be seen in the region where it's visible. Okay, which is the Eastern Hemisphere, most of it, it you know, like I said, Europe, Africa, um, Central Asia, um, the Near East, you know, the Middle East, into um, Southern Central Asia, into the Indian subcontinent, kind of, and just touching East Asia, just barely. Um, yeah, that's, it's going to be a lot. Okay. Is it the end of the world? No, it isn't. Are a lot of people going to suffer? They already are. They already are. They already are. You have now become aware of it. They have been suffering. And it is hard to watch a genocide before our eyes. It is. They're not asking people to be experts. They're not asking us to do anything except remember them. I understand enough Arabic um, to understand what the mothers are screaming and the fathers are screaming and the children are screaming. You know, I understand about one out of every five words and often when it's kids, I understand them very well because my Arabic is, is <laughs> more like a little kid's Arabic. <laughs> 
Um, it hits different. It hits different when you know people, when you get to know a culture, and when you've watched it be demonized and vilified on purpose in Western media. And to ask these very same people who have lost their families, lost their children, lost their parents, um, just in recent, in this recent moment, to have newscasters ask them, but do you condemn Hamas? Um, how can you not condemn the killing of innocent civilians? I, I don't see how you can say, please don't have a genocide and people think you're condoning the acts of a terrorist. That is a complete, it, it, that's actually, it's white supremacy is what it is. It's the same thing. It's patriarchy in a nutshell. And the other day I was voicing my frustration to one of my moderators, Kathy. Sometimes we have early morning coffee <laughs> and chat on voice chat and I was like what the hell don't people get about woke astrology that's my website wokeastrology.com and the awake space like if you thought I was ever going to make an excuse for genocide <laughs> um, of course I condemn Hamas and yet there's no context given that didn't happen um it didn't happen in isolation and there's a whole history behind it that's easily researched i'm not going to go into it here but uh, anybody who's just gonna jump past that and immediately go well they have a right to defend themselves really you think dropping more bombs in a very small strip of land than we dropped on Afghanistan in the first year of action you think that's like defending or do you think that is like a 300 pound man taking an, a closed fist to a 10 year old's face because effectively from a military standpoint that is exactly what's happening it's moved beyond defense kind of like what we did with Iraq <clears throat> on, and, and it I'm going to say there's going to be inform more information that comes out on this. Mark my words. And all of a sudden, it's it may not end up being just as justifiable. So uh, people might wonder what I think is going to happen to Netanyahu since I spoke about leaders. Well, I talked about that on last week's patron-only podcast. So you can join the Patreon to find that out. Um... Let's see. Um, I know, I know. You want me to talk about other stuff. How is this spiritual, Lori? How is being in a physical body not a spiritual experience? I ask you. You had a 1 in 400 trillion chance of being human. 90% of these problems that we have in this world is we were sold this bill of goods that humans fell from grace and that there was a better life <laughs> off this planet. And that has led to the toxification of the environment. It's le led to the uh, genocide of many different people around the world. Cause don't worry, they'll go to heaven or, you know, leave it up to God instead of, instead of going, Hey, wait, you know, we got limited time on this planet. Let's not screw it up and let's just enjoy the ride. So, and again, if you believe differently, that's fine. You, you are entitled to your beliefs and uh, this is my podcast. So, 
There we go. Um, yeah. So, anywho. Um, it's probably not going to work in Netanyahu's long-term favor. And I'm wondering what this full moon is going to do. But I'll talk about that on the patron-only podcast because if I'm going to get trolled, I'm going to get paid. And I've said enough to get me trolled here already. Haven't I? Haven't I? Um, no, to be an intellectual. Hmm. Watch, I'm going to get some voice message or something. You think you're so smart? <laughs> I know so. My mom had my IQ measured when I was 12. But uh, 156. 156 at 12. I don't know what it is now. But anyway. What do you think I'm a good astrologer? Being a good astrologer takes brains, man. Okay. So what does this full moon mean for you? Now, I know I have listeners in 68 countries. So if you live where it's visible, you in your culture, I don't know, but in a lot of cultures um, all over the world, it's considered not a good idea to be outside during an eclipse. Um, it's a lunar eclipse, so you know, you're not going to burn your retinas if you go out and you look at it. Um, <clears throat> I kind of stick with that tradition, mostly because I'm like, wow. My friend, she's a Chinese astrologer, says the same thing as me, a Western tropical astrologer. Huh. Maybe there's something to it that we don't know. <laughs> so it's only a couple of minutes. Um, it's a good idea if you want to stay inside for it. Um, if there are tensions where you're at, if there's political tensions of any kind, it doesn't, you know, there might be arguments there might be i don't know mayhem you know so just be cautious i'll talk about that more here coming up it's gonna be a little bit wild it's gonna be a little bit wild it's a really nasty set of energy at the mundane <laughs> I think we could see sewage systems go I think we could see water treatments dams have problems um, so if you live somewhere where there's issues with dams um, pay attention you know if you're listening if there are tensions where you're at, if you know, I'm watching the Balkans. If you're in the Balkans, keep an eye out. You you probably know better than me, but I've I've been seeing an article here or there, and I'm like, oh gosh, come on, Balkans, let's not. Um, things are heating up with Azerbaijan and Armenia with with some ethnic cleansing genocide going on there. Um, when I look at my chart, you know, for the full moon and I'm, I set it for my locality, which is Southern California. And I look at the directions of what's really going to be impacted as we go through that day, because it's not just the full moon. So the moon waxes full around one twenty 
sorry, 1.21 p.m. Pacific. And that is uh, minus 7 GMT if you use GMT. Um, so it's about seven hours behind London. It's three hours behind the East Coast of the United States. Um, so it happens in the early afternoon here. I think we're going to start to see some stuff start happening earlier in the day because Mars is moving into an opposition with Jupiter. Now, thank heavens Jupiter is retrograde. <laughs> I think if it was direct, this this would be an almost unavoidable escalation of conflict. Um, now, we will still see probably some mass slings, you know, mass, mass violence in the United States. Um, we could see issues with missiles. Directionally, I'm looking at north, northwest of here, north and south west. <clears throat> so I think it's really possible it could be the weather. Um, there could be stuff happening up in Alaska. There might be a quake. Um, because certainly seismic activity is going to be much more likely. Um, that does not mean a hundred percent people don't, don't hear it and go, ah, it's going to happen where I live. Not necessarily, but we could see something, um, with Japan. This could be something with North Korea. Um, we've been kind of poking at them. Of course. <clears throat> um, yeah, so I, it's very, very volatile. Um, what's very interesting, <clears throat> Venus is in a sextile with Mars and is trying Jupiter with Mars in opposition and I'm wondering and so is Uranus and my thought is this could be financial markets as well we could see a stock market crash <clears throat> they already paused trading on the London stock market last week um, last Friday for 80 minutes and that means it's it's going they, they were just like whoa this is going nowhere good let's pause trading um we could see more events like that. This that we, 121 would be really close to when the stock market gets close to closing here in the States too. So that's a potential. Um, this could be news out of Intel, Microsoft, NVIDIA as well. There could be internet outages. <clears throat> we could hear about more banking and we could have news released as well that upends the narrative. So propaganda could be exposed. We could see, um, we could see, have the release of information. This isn't great news for Donald Trump either. And, and what's funny is look, Biden was the guy who wasn't Trump period. And, and it's really weird to watch some of the like centrists or, or neoliberals go like, 
don't be critical of Biden. And we're like, hey, we always said our vote was conditional. We said, hey, he's not the other guy. He needs to like understand that he can lose this because people are going to get pissed. So, um, which we'll talk about in just a minute, what you can do about that if you're in the States. Um, I think we just need to make him earn his vote. I don't think he should get it because, oh no, we don't want the GOP. Uh, that's not a good enough reason. It's not a good enough reason. Listen to the people. We got Pluto and Aquarius coming up. You better be listening to the people. If you don't, mm, it's not going to be good. So, um, there's that. Like I said, I think there's going to be some potential seismic activity. Um, the sun is still in a trine with Saturn, but Saturn is retrograde. So there's just not a lot, not a lot stopping some of this aggression. So it could be a very aggressive day. I wouldn't get into arguments with people. Um, I wouldn't try to give an ultimatum. I, I just wouldn't. This this is going to be really, really freaking volatile. So, um, and interestingly, this, this, the, the Mars and Mercury conjunct opposite Jupiter, that all impacts Biden's natal Mars. So again, I'll talk about that a little bit in the next segment and and on the patron only podcast i'll go into more detail because again if i'm gonna get trolled i'm gonna get paid yeah yeah paid yeah paid i don't know why i was like no don't say that i'm like yeah i will say that um i i think it's time we really stepped up and got involved in our community that's something my daughter and i've talked a lot about is like we need to get back to lobbying when she was a little girl i used to take her to lobby at the washington state capitol um over issues that we i would have her you know i'd go through issues and i'd be like what matters to you and she really cared about the environment and stuff and so we would we would go lobby um because i wanted to empower my kid so we may be doing that as grown-ups, both of us. Although I think she might correct me on my grown-up status. I don't know. I'm kind of immature. But um, just kidding, just kidding. If you guys if you guys really want reference, you should listen to last week's podcast and our segment because it was really funny. Um, it was so good to spend time with her. And I'm going to, I've said this to patrons and yeah, we do have the privilege of being able to collect ourselves and take a minute. Um, that doesn't mean you don't support things that matter to you, but, um, for personal reasons, I did go over and just spend a little time with my kid and who is a grown woman and cuddle her baby duckies and my grand dogs and just touched base again. I didn't have to look away from the world. I just needed to touch base with what was important. And I think as we head towards this full moon, because it is the full moon in Taurus, we need to lean into our security. And our security is so much more than money. It's so much more than having the right to defend yourself. Um, it's about really knowing what matters. Like, what really matters? 
what's really important to you. You know, we're going to be talking about that in Healing the Money Wound, which is a course I'm teaching next Sunday on the 29th of October. And we're using astrology to not only identify the money wound, but how to heal it. And it takes time. I'm not offering you a magic wand, but it's something I've learned that works very, very well. And I'll be teaching that. No, you don't have to know a lot about astrology. I'll be describing a lot of it. You get a workbook. You'll get the recording of the course. You'll get to show up live. It's a four-hour workshop. So get ready to be empowered if you want to sign up for that. Um, make sure you check out the podcast description, the show notes. Uh, if you are a patron you get a very special discount on that depending on your tier. Those are linked up in the crunch report. All right, I'm going to take a little break. Then we're going to come back, talk a little bit more about how you could use this full moon energy to your advantage. All right, let's talk about you. Are we on the way to work? I've toned down the coffee. I've toned down the coffee. My blood pressure was up last week. It wasn't the coffee. It was world events. But uh, but uh, I've been kind of uh, enjoying just regular brewed coffee with a little bit of half and half. Sitting at about 16 ounces that I sip for many hours. That's the thing. I don't, I don't guzzle my coffee down. I drink it throughout the day so so that's what we're doing right now um (laughs) are we folding laundry what are we doing did we find perfect parking yet did i help you do that because if you're still driving and you have to look for parking i'm remarkably good at finding the good spots um it's a little knack it's a little part of my mojo so let's talk about that full moon and how you can use the energy. Now that I've creeped you out entirely about about world events. So let's take a look at this from a human angle, from a personal angle. This is a very intense energy, period, 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 period. However, it's reformative energy. It's transformative energy. It's purposeful energy. It is strategic energy. And it is amazing energy to make a difference. So you got to look at where Scorpio and Taurus are in your astrology chart. And if you don't know where to find that in your astrology chart, I have some handy dandy information in the Patreon. Patrons get really great resources. Uh, $5 and up. The That's I've closed the pod support tier um, because people can just join now as an audience member and catch any of the free stuff. So and up gets you a bunch of resources. They come out in every crunch report and there's a ton of them. 
They're not meant to be just like read once. They're, they're references, folks. Astrologers have libraries for a reason. Astrologers have libraries for a reason. So that's part of that. Um, so $5 and up gets you a whole bunch of resources. And if, if you can't afford to be a patron, you can still uh, join as an audience member. You can just subscribe to the Patreon um, just to get the, the free content. I've been writing some stories there. Not a lot in the last week. I'm not going to lie. Um, I was hit by my own, <laughs> by transits. Oh, man, I cannot wait till Pluto is out of Capricorn. I tell you. I have had enough of that crap. So the full moon, which the moon is always full when it is opposite the sun. So the sun is in Scorpio. The moon is in Taurus. So it is the Taurus full moon. It is only an eclipse where it's visible. You can consider it kind of like a full moon on steroids. And the interesting thing about this is that Mercury and Mars are in opposition to Jupiter. So Mercury and Mars are conjunct. <clears throat> On a personal level, this is a great time to turn your focus and attention to forward strategy, forward moving strategy. This is time to rework plans. So if you have a five-year plan, which honestly I think is ridiculous because we kind of have a bumpy ride for the next five years and lots of change, lots of transitions. So I think it's pretty good to have a nice short-term plan of three months, six months, and a year. Okay. I wouldn't plan out a whole lot longer than that. Not because anything bad's going to happen, but because we're all going to have to pivot a whole hell of a lot a whole hell of a lot um super wild okay super wild so we've got that going um <laughs> so you want to look at like maybe the next six months um and be like okay where do i want to be in six months and this doesn't, I think a lot of times when we make plans, we only think about career or, you know, I want to meet somebody or whatever. Where do you want to be in your personal growth? What do you want to change up attitude wise? You know, we've got Mercury conjunct Mars here. So how do you want to think differently? Do you want to change up your mindset in some way? I'm going to talk and never talk about being fake, fake positivity. Let's see if I can speak. I never speak about being uh, positive in a fake way. I hate fake positivity. It's not a high vibes only place. We feel what we feel. But if you are more prone to focusing on what's wrong in your life or who isn't there for you or how everybody stabs you in the back, whatever that story is, that is preventing you from seeing what you need to see in the world to get to where you want to go. Because I can, I was just having a conversation tonight with a, a young person and uh, I'm not going to blow their anonymity, but they were really focusing on a betrayal. Somebody, somebody did them wrong. 
and they've been really hit in the gut by it. And they've got a whole bunch of people who do care about them in their life. And, and so somebody who cared about that young person called me and said, Hey, can you, can you give them a lecture? I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm always up for a lecture. Why? Because the most important times in my life, I had a friend who was good enough to knock some sense into me. Okay. Like I have been so fortunate in my friends to just blast me with reality. And that reality isn't always negative. Some of the most important things you can learn is look to what is working for you. Who loves you? Who's supporting you? Okay, that person you wanted to love you doesn't. That sucks. It bites. It hurts. But you got a whole bunch of other people who care about you. And if you don't feel that, if you can't lean into that, you're just focusing on what's missing and you're just going to keep missing stuff. Where And I know this from personal experience. Like, again, I didn't wake up one day wise. Okay. I was a goober like everybody else. I can still be a goober like everybody else. Okay. I was just talking about that in the full moon ceremony where we did a meditation. I always channel the meditation. So it can be kind of weird sometimes. They... I, who do I channel? It's love, wisdom. It's it's universal intelligence. It's source. It's whatever you want to call it. Benevolent. Um, but anyway, I did ask that I not look so weird this time. I'm like, okay, it's gotten kind of weird the last few. Can we can we deliver the message without some of the weirdness? Thanks. That's why I don't do a lot of channeling in public. It's like, mm, it's weird, man. Don't don't do that to me. But anyway, there it was a really strong message of we don't choose the negative experiences. We don't choose our trauma. We don't choose struggle in this lifetime. We know that living on this physical plane is difficult. But any circumstance can be used for good any circumstance it's not that you choose the negative but things can work out so sometimes when we think we must have this certain thing or this certain person um or nothing will ever be okay we might find out later that we dodged a bullet literally we might find out that it's what it took to make necessary changes we might find out if we can turn our attention to a forward moving path that even if it didn't work out it was still a blessing okay and and this i'm not coming to you as somebody who lived a really privileged life where nothing the worst thing that ever happened to me is I missed out on a Black Friday sale or mommy didn't get me what I wanted okay I, I have lived through some stuff in life I have loved and lost and I truly do agree that it is better to have loved and lost than never loved at all but I've had my heart broken in fact ripped out of my chest, torn up and fed to me <laughs> to where I never thought I'd ever be happy again. 
um, have been abused. Like there's not a whole hell of a lot that has that I haven't experienced on the negative side of life. I didn't choose the damn thing of it. But somehow I always had a little bit of hope. And when I could pull my head out of my butt, turn the focus into where I could go next. And so we can only do the next best thing. Quoting a good friend of mine from a long time ago, you can only go to the next best thing. You are not going to jump from poverty to um, wealth in 60 seconds. You are not going to jump from being alone and depressed into a massive friends group or meet the love of your life. You, you cannot jump the chasm between the two realities. But you get up, you can take a shower. You can turn on some music. You can wash the dishes. You make your bed. You can help somebody else. It's one of the things I've noticed from watching the videos out of, out of Gaza. I will not turn my eyes away. And in fact, in between takes, I was watching one. And it really got me. Because the little boy that was killed, his name was Yusuf. My son's name is Yusuf. Hell, Lori, you said you're Jewish. Yes, my children's father was Arabic and African. We are the world, my family is. And my son doesn't look stereotypically Arabic. Um, that one got me. That one got me. Well, they all get me. But when you look, even in the midst of devastation, there are people helping one another. They've all lost. They've all lost something or someone, and they're turning to help one another. In the midst of devastation, that's how you make it through. That's how you, that's resiliency. Yes. There are going to be people who are just need to take to their bed there if they can, if they, they don't have the luxury of that right now. It is so easy. And I'm not saying comparative trauma at all. I'm just pointing out sometimes when you can help someone else just for a minute, open the door for somebody, smile at a stranger, you know, a stranger smiling at me when I was 18 years old and really, really close to just giving up on life. Because funny enough, taking a one-way ticket to another country, as exciting as it sounded, did not get rid of my issues the way I thought it might. I thought if I just left and I went away as far as I could think of, that I wouldn't have any problems at all. I could just live my life because I was 18. And funny enough, all the issues, the nightmares were still there. The triggers were still there. The relives were still there. The trauma was haunting me and I wanted to give up. And I was really thinking some dark thoughts that day as I walked down the street. And I don't know why I looked up when I did. 
but a stranger across the street, I could still see her. She she was wearing a long raincoat, and she had kind of a funny hat on because it was drizzly, and she smiled at me. She just, out of nowhere, nobody smiles at each other like in London. <laughs> it's just not common. And I was so startled that this person smiled at me. I smiled back. In that moment, I kind of, my train of thought completely shifted. It interrupted the pattern of thought that was happening. That woman has no idea she saved my life that day. No idea, because that brief shocking, because it was truly shocking. Um, most people just keep their eyes ahead or they're looking down or, they're, you know, they weren't, you didn't have people going, hello, how are you? You know, not, not really. And it was enough of a shake and a startle that it shifted my attention. It was the universe's way of saying squirrel. So I'm not saying I, that you can't have your feelings. Absolutely. But in this energy, you don't want to get dragged down to the depths. You don't. This is the time that if you hit the deep, like if you sink in the pool, you get your feet up under you and you just push like hell and you break through to the surface. It's going to be intense throughout the rest of this month. Because we have the full moon building. So this week building up to the full moon. We have Mars moving into the opposition. That's it, it. We're going to see and hear some devastating things. And we're also going to see some information come out that is people are going to try to refute it, but there's, there's going to be, there's going to be some proof. So I'm not going to tell you what it is. It, just know there's some information coming out and it's not just Brittany's book. <laughs> We talked about that at Coffee with Lori. Um, they asked me to do Brittany's chart, and I agreed to look at it. Um, I'll talk about it maybe in the patron-only forecast, you know, patron-only podcast. Because um, when I look at Brittany's chart, I just see somebody who has been completely abused and manipulated and taken advantage of her entire life. And so I've made it kind of a policy. I'm not going to do her chart in public. And profit off that. But I'll give it to patrons. I know I've got some Britney fans. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it'll be interesting. I've got some predictions for that. I gave some in coffee with Lori. But not everybody was there. So we'll put it out to patrons. Um, so what can you do with this energy? Steer yourself in a forward direction really let you know write down an action plan use chat GPT if you have to it's great for writing out outlines and plans you just want to make it get specific right um, it's, it's never going to write the great American novel I'm afraid um, it's not going to replace human creativity I, I don't care what the experts say I, I just don't see that happening not without ripping off every other writer's work but but sorry I had a really funny thought that I know people will get mad at if I say it because I was going to diss a very popular book 
and I'm not going to do that. I, I draw the line there. But anyway, um, I'm not talking astrology books. It was a fiction book I was thinking of. But I'm like, if that book could be out in the world, you know. But anyway, write out an outline of what you can do in the next six months. Don't sit with what you can't do. Sit with what you can do. Take an inventory of your skill sets. Take a look at, you know, what resource. This is stuff that's in the mystery school, by the way. Okay. It's in the mystery school. And I realize now that I'm going to have to freaking show up and lead these meetings with my limited time because people aren't showing up. This self-study isn't going to teach you shit. And I'm just going to say it right now. It just gives you information. It does not teach you how to apply it. That's why there's a group structure. You know, we've got some diehards who do show up for meetings. So don't, but there, that information isn't just meant to be intellectual. These processes worked for many people that I tested things on, but everybody wants the leader. I'm trying to teach people how to lead themselves, but maybe too soon, too soon, Lori. So we're going to, we're going to step in. So I'll, I'll get sometimes I might just do it once a month and you guys can do your weekly meetings. It's really important to make that time. The curriculum's like fully designed to be done that way, but you know, if we're going to break our conditioning and our social programs, it's going to take time. It's a marathon, not a race. So see right there, that's that Mercury Mars conjunction in Scorpio that's in opposition to Jupiter. Got to let go of some of the beliefs so that you can move forward. There are beliefs you have about yourself, the world, how things are supposed to work that are in the way. So stop it. Stop it. Stop it. All right. I'm going to do patron shout outs next. I'm not going to do a little segment um, in this because we're talking about grown up stuff. Um, but I am going to read maybe a little something for the kids and thinking about starting like a podcast where I read old stories like The Wizard of Oz that's out of, you know, copyright. It's public domain. Things like that for the littles get some magic flowing because I think we need a little bit of magic in this world speaking of magic let's go thank some patrons you want to listen to this even if you're not a patron because I drop some good info in there sometimes I sneak it in to see who listens to the whole episode <laughs> yeah All right, we have a whole bunch of new patrons. You know the music. Here we go. Here we go. Grabbing my patron app. By the way, if you're a patron and you haven't downloaded the app, why the heck haven't ya? Why the heck haven't ya? All righty. So, here we go. We've got Jennifer, Nicole... Joyce, Mari, Maria, Jessica, Bravo, or El Bravo, Sarah Jane, Jalisa, 
Taryn, Samantha, Allie, Amber, OK Arian, Bird, Ruben, Amber, Madonna, Roxana, Koki, April, Julie, Sandy, Tina, Althea, Jennifer, Rose Life, Anna Kelly, Nizzy, CS, Danny, Jennifer, Ashley, Lisa, Kate, Christy, Tuella, Trudy, Tiffany, Firebreather77, Lustful Octopus, I love your username, Elena, Ashley, Becky, Valera, Nellie, Susan, Irby, Hector, Ain, It's Me Kimmy, 2021, Lucid, Ms. Christy, Melissa, Leslie, and Nicole. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to have you back. Good to have you here in the Awake Space Patreon. Thank you for being patrons. Without you, there is no me. Um, There's some good stuff coming up. There's some good stuff coming up. Don't forget, you've got your special discounts for spooky season. And we've got some good stuff with healing the money wound. Healing the money wound is up on deck. So that's good stuff. Um, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. That is going to be a great class. Horoscopes will be up. I'm sorry I missed them last week. I was stuck with my own crappy transits. <laughs> so that that Mercury in the last degrees of Libra, it was I, I could barely talk, let alone write. It was just so much pressure with Pluto already in opposition to my Mercury and my son. I for one am looking incredibly forward to um to having um Pluto out of Capricorn. January, it's coming. By the way, by the way, I'll be getting a patron post out very soon with the discount for the year ahead for 2024. If you've already been in the June seminar, don't worry about it. You already get access to that in December. I was going to do it in November, but my schedule's all kinky. So we're going to do it December 3rd. Okay. And so if you're in the Patreon, you'll get a special discount for that. Um, and then we'll do, um, as always, I'll get some questions out there. We'll do another patron only episode with Q and a, um, probably I'm not going to do, well, I might do a couple in this patron only episode that's attached to this episode. So where I'm going to give more of the nitty gritty about the eclipse and Biden. And we'll also look at, um, Brittany a little bit and I'll answer some questions in that and then I will probably do another reading for you guys um there's there's quite a bit of extra content in there so you got to click around there's a ton of stuff in there ton of resources you can also ask questions like that's what the discord is for 
Okay, we also have chat on the Patreon app. The Patreon app is really, really cool. Um, I'm a Patreon ambassador, and I get to meet these folks, these wonderful folks from Patreon in LA uh, on November 4th. Kind of excited about it. There's a big creator event in Los Angeles that I'm going to go to. Um, Super excited to go and uh, show up, represent, learn some stuff from people who do it better than me. Um, (laughs) I mean, I do okay. I'm not a slouch. You guys get a lot of stuff. In fact, the people at Patreon are like, wow, you give a lot in your Patreon. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, okay. Well, Sag Mars, what can I say? I'm a production queen. So um, there'll be plenty of cool stuff for you guys. Oh, gosh. I do really thank you guys. Um, Your support means the world to me. Um, just the way you've checked in and, and sent messages and your support. I heard that, um, what is that? The alchemist astrologer, whatever his name is, mystic rebel or whatever, made a disparaging video about me because somebody asked me about him and I did an Astro Larry video to be provocative. I was just doing it to be a jerk. And, um, I guess my people went at him and he took the video down. I didn't even see it. I didn't even have to. See, you guys are awesome. I'm blessed. Which, it's funny, because he doesn't know what he's talking about. He acts like he's invented something, that astrology and alchemy go together, when, hello, the current astrological symbols that we use are alchemical symbols. They are not the ancient symbols. They're not. They are not. The only symbols that are really, really old that we use are the sun and the moon. Everything else came in in the 16th century. And it's fine. It's a good notation. Things evolve, you know, but I'm sorry. He doesn't read books. So they seem confusing. I've seen some of his videos. I go lurk sometimes, but that was funny. I'm inaccurate. I'm inaccurate. I'm like, whatever, whatever. I'm sure you think you're bright because you have a wee-wee. People like him are too easy. They're just too easy to wind up. But anyway, I want to thank all of you for your support. And I will continue giving you the very best practical information I can. I know when I talk about stuff, a lot of times people don't understand that I am talking about the astrology. I, when I'm telling you about, um, the political events, the weather events, things going on, that that's me explaining the astrology. I'm not, I'm not going to teach that in those Patreon tiers at those levels. That's, that's 30 years of acquired knowledge. And I do teach classes, you know, but I will get you moving and growing and answering your astrology questions. Right. I do that for sure, for sure. But, uh, this is, this is practice and acquired knowledge over almost 30 years of daily daily this is not like i don't you know my phone is full of thousands of screenshots of astrology charts and those aren't client charts that that that's on my laptop 
know, this is constant daily, every hour of every day that I am awake. I have been doing astrology since the 90s, you know, the hundreds of books that I have read. And no, I'm not going to re recommend a whole bunch because not all of those books were good. <laughs> you know, you have to sift and sort. That's why I've been creating material. So speaking of material, I'm working on the almost done with the workbook that goes with healing the money wound. Very excited for some of these exercises where we're able to do some practical application alongside the astrological knowledge because again knowledge is not power unless you use it so thank you my patrons i love you very much keep it up in the discord ask questions you can always tag me just at me just at me you can you can at me um i'll respond to things when i see them i may miss your question if you just put it into like a thread i'm not i you know yet you, you have to take me if you want to get my attention um and i will gladly take a look and i might say hey that's a good question for the podcast and and so you can go fill out the form speaking of i think it is time for some astrology q a i think it's time for some astrology q a i really do i think we need to do that Alrighty. Alrighty, I'm taking a look at Joe Biden's chart here, and I'm just going to see how the moon is going to impact him because the moon, uh, the full moon, the eclipse, but it's not an eclipse in the United States. Remember, it's only visible in the Eastern Hemisphere, but it's still a doozy of a moon. So Joe has a zero degree, 59 minute Taurus moon. So this is going to be right after his lunar return. Um, this is hitting right on his part of fortune and Mars is in opposition. Now, there are those who'd be like, oh, he'll have really good luck with this. I just, given the energy of that day, I don't know that the full moon is all that great for him. I'm going to talk about this a little bit in more detail in the patron-only podcast. But his Mars is at 12 degrees. So this is right before his Mars return. So I'll take a look at that in the patron-only podcast as well. So this is a very significant time period. Now, one of the things I think that's really interesting, uh, <laughs> when I've looked at the presidential, or actually just election day itself, just, just election day, uh, it's it's a weird chart and i've said i believe that the incumbent party will win for the executive office i haven't been convinced it's going to be joe biden and i looked out at his transits and his progressed chart this is a couple months back and again i was like well is he gonna live i mean it sounds morbid, but he's he's not a young man. I, I have older parents myself. They're not as old as him, but they're close. And health stuff is a real deal. And I believe he's had quite a few health challenges 
um, over the past year and actually last two years uh, beyond the COVID exposure, which COVID can exacerbate quite a bit. Of course, he has good health care. That'd be nice. Um, I don't I don't know that he fares well in this eclipse uh, or sorry, lunar uh, full moon. Uh, I just I. And if you listen to last week's patron-only podcast, I talked about Netanyahu's chart in there as well. I don't even think he's going to do too well in this. Um, that Taurus moon doesn't help him in the digging in and not listening to people. There's a big shakeup at the uh, State Department. P- it's rumored, and this is from like normal press articles, AP, Reuters, you know, CNN, CBS, NBC, ABC. So just mainstream media have been reporting that his own um, administration is having a hard time talking to him on this topic. And um, that that Taurus moon can be very, very stubborn. And he's got a Scorpio Mars, which is very, very stubborn. Now it is in the... 11th house it's just it applies to the 12th he's got a bunch of uh placements in that 12th house he's got his son mercury and venus there um all in in scorpio so i with mars moving through um and and with the the transits of jupiter and um Uranus in Taurus and and there what's his sixth house it's 13 degrees yeah this full moon it it, it's at five degrees it's on his point of fortune I don't know he's got Uranus in that sixth house Jupiter has tucked back into the fifth. I'm I'm wondering if stuff with Hunter Biden is going to pop back up. Um, I don't know. We'll see. You know, he's got transit Pluto squaring off, or sorry, in opposition to his Jupiter, which could be a power up. I don't know. Uh, he's got Saturn. Um, He's got Saturn squaring off with his natal Uranus. I don't know. I just don't think this is going to be a good full moon for Biden. Um, Now, before you freak out, Trump's not going to be president. I've said it over and over and over again. This doesn't change that. Trump has his own consequences he has to deal with. Um, They're going to have to do some pretty fancy footwork to get Biden. Biden's trying to give, I mean, I think like, obviously there's a whole genocide thing going on and he's decided to talk about teams and we already have us military personnel on the ground. There's been articles showing that, um, the American people are not going to be thrilled with a hundred billion dollars leaving our budget. Um, that's, you know, and it, it appears that there's this desire to escalate the situation there. You know, there's some really bad foreign policy. And I'm just like, what the hell is going on here? Um, 
I don't know. I don't think this is going to look good for him. I think he might have some secrets exposed or he might have a health crisis. Um, I think it's entirely possible he has a health crisis, uh, especially not maybe on that day, but more, more like, well, it could be, but hours after, maybe in the evening or the next day when that um, moon is moving closer in to that sixth house. It's... I've been watching his health for quite a while and it could be anywhere between the 28th and the 30th that, that he has a crisis of some kind. Um, he will have a very hard time protecting himself from quote unquote enemies. Um, now I've talked about, uh, Trump being a sneaky guy with the 12th, eighth house. Well, Biden's got a whole lot of 12th house as well. He's got his son, Mercury and Venus, um, which means he kind of keeps his desires close to his chest. He's very strategic. Um, and he's again, he's got a lot of stubbornness in this chart. And um, I'm, not, I'm not, I'm not thinking this full moon's going to be great for him. <clears throat> But uh, we'll talk about that in a little more depth in the patron-only podcast. I'm going to do this on Zoom and not make it just audio. I'll show the charts that I'm pulling. Give some examples for the patron-only podcast. So there we have it. There's, I'm going to say this is not entirely favorable for Joe. Um, and I'll give more details. I'll take a look at his progress chart. Take a look at his lunar return because this full moon happens right after his lunar return and Mars is moving into um, its return for him as well. So I don't know. I don't know. He's got Virgo hanging out in the ninth house, which, you know, it's out of the square with Saturn. I, really diplomacy would serve him better and working with the international community instead of kind of isolating us right now. Um, <laughs> that'd be great. Um, pardon the political analyst in me going, Oh, if only, if only I spoke every thought I had in my head, um, <laughs> you too would be going, Oh no, don't do this. So, um, but anyway, I don't see it working out well for him. I'm almost wondering, and I'll talk again in the patron only podcast, but, um, I'm almost wondering if, if health concerns kind of pull him out, which that'll make it very interesting. I still think the Democrats have stronger candidates at this point. Trump's not going to win. Trump's going to have his own health issues. He's not going to win. So I don't think we have to worry about Trump being president, I feel very firm in that, you know, because again, I'm just looking at individual people. I'm not, I'm not looking at that. Um, by the way, the people who were afraid, you know, oh no, what about Nikki Haley? I, I just, I don't have a birth time for her, but when I looked at her placement, she's not going to have the transits either. So don't worry, don't worry. She'll be knocked out soon, actually. <laughs> and certainly uh, she wouldn't survive the fall of next year because remember Pluto's scooching back at 29 degrees of Capricorn between I said the 19th on TikTok it's actually like the 2nd of September 
through um i believe the 23rd of november of of 2024 so election season will be oh so special next year but um interesting times my my friends interesting times so there's joe biden that's what i think i'll give more details in the patron only podcast Okay, it's time for another astrology Q&A. And this one I am looking at from Riley. And it is, what is the difference between a planet transiting a house and having a natal placement in that house? Riley, good question. Um, This is an important thing to understand. So, we're going to use Riley's example. She has a Libra sun in the 12th and that's her natal sun. So you have your birth placement. So it could be the sun, the moon, Mercury, Venus, Mars, Jupiter. Okay. Saturn. Those guys move the most in a lifetime. Okay. Because of their orbits, you need to understand how fast the planets move. Okay. So that you understand the difference in natal and transit astrology. Okay. So the sun's a good one because the sun, it just keeps moving, right? It changes signs every 30 days. So once a year you have the sun moving through the same house as your natal sun. So if you have the sun in any house you, that is your energy levels that is your physicality that not physicality of the body but the energy levels um riley's example she's got a 12th house sun so in order to recharge her energy levels she needs some quiet time okay and when the sun is moving as a transit whether you've got the natal sun there or not it's probably a quieter time of the year for you. You might be a little lower energy. You might be a little more dreamy. You might be frustrated because it's not a get up and go house. It's a contemplative house. It's the house of the mystic. It is your connection with the all that is. You might have a little anxiety when you haven't learned to trust, right? Or if your trust has been broken, and I don't just mean by like relationships, but by environmental factors, traumas, etc. Maybe you had an accident or you've been through an attack of some kind. That's going to bring up anxieties that have to be dealt with over time. It's easy to say trust. It's not always easy to do. So when, when you have the natal sun, that is just your natural calibration of your energy for that sun placement. It in the transient it's it's a passing phase okay so of course obviously you'll have your solar return too which gives you a whole other chart but that's a different story so they don't express exactly the same way okay they don't they don't express exactly the same way it's not always um an exciting time or a happy time when the sun is moving through the same house as your sun it depends on the aspects in the natal chart so like my sun is in the ninth house in cancer and 
I'm going to say Cancer is not my favorite season because of how my sun is aspected in my chart. I've got my moon square, my sun. Um, Pluto is sextile, my sun. It, it makes me a dynamo, but it ten- there tends to be a lot that happens. And it's also the ninth house, so there's there's lots of activity. I'm very, very busy. Um, and as a Cancer, on top of that, I like I ebb and I flow, and I don't always get a chance to rest that time of year depends on the other planets going around too because remember we can't just take snapshots and slices and and do an analysis everything ties together so i'm going to recap the natal placement is is a fixed placement that and and using the sun that would just be your energy levels okay so you need more time to recharge anybody having the sun transiting the 12 is going to have a quieter time okay a quieter time a more contemplative time a more sedentary time it's a percolating time it's a dreamy time so and it'll be the same regardless of if your sun is there and if depending on the other placements in your chart that sun will be aspecting things and aspecting for people who are just getting started in astrology means making a geometrical relationship so those are the the angles and that like when we say conjunction or sextile or square or opposition trying you know so i don't use queen kunks too much it's it's a minor aspect so that was a good one let's see I'm being good about deleting these. So let's see. Who's next? Uh, Bethany asks, can we explain uh, a late degree ascendant? Okay. Can you explain a late degree ascendant, for example, a 28 degrees conjunct an early degree moon sign? And the benefits of having a late degree ascendant in a natal moon in the 12th house. Um... I hope it makes sense. It kind of makes sense. It kind of doesn't. So I'm not a big fan of out of sign conjunctions. In sign conjunctions are are very dynamic. Out of sign conjunctions, it's like they might be really close to each other, but they don't speak quite the same language. So, um, so if you've got um, a late degree ascendant and and see, I thought this is what's making me a little confused. So 28 degrees of ascendant and an early degree moon sign, the moon the moon wouldn't be in the 12th house then. The moon would be in the set in the first house. Um, maybe you've been using whole sign. Um, not sure but in placidus you wouldn't have a late degree ascendant of like 28 degrees and a two degree um moon in in the 12th you you wouldn't it doesn't work that way it would be in the first house so it it isn't about advantages or disadvantages i i think that mindset is what kind of that's that's kind of the patriarchal mindset that I'm trying to break people free of. And I know I piss people off with that, but that's fine. Um, so if you have a late degree ascendant, it means you're, um, 
you you very much embody the characteristics of that sign very very much so in your physicality and if you have the moon in the first house if it's in an early degree and it's close to the ascendant we're going to look at it in a couple of ways so you don't necessarily express your emotions the way you appear so you could look really hard and tough let's say you're a um I don't know. We could turn it around, make you a Cancer rising at 28 degrees and with a two degree Leo moon. And so you could look really sweet and soft and plushy. And then you've got a Leo moon that's like, whoa, this is how I feel. And people might shock people. You might be more exuberant than they expected on first look, if that makes sense. Um, you still wear your heart on your sleeve but it's, you know, it's going to play out a little differently than if they were in the same sign where then it would be very easy for people to kind of anticipate when you emoted, if that makes sense. Hope it does. I hope that answer made sense. So that's why I love teaching classes and we can like clarify in conversation, but this is a fun way to teach too. Eli. Thank you, Eli. Because I butchered your name a bunch of times because I'm blind as a bat and I couldn't really see your photos. So thank you, Eli. So I've been noticing a lot of astrocartographers explaining planetary lines and their meanings quite differently. I have a suspicion that many of these proclaimed astrocartographers are just content creators talking about what they think they know about astrocartography. Where should I go to find relatable information about that subject? Great question, Eli. I had fun talking to you today at Coffee with Lori as well. Um, great resource is the originator of astrocartography, Jim Lewis. He wrote a book um, and created a software system as well. He's sadly passed on. Um, astrocartography is, a is essentially locational astrology kind of laid out on a map. So I use astrocartography when people are looking to relocate or, or wanting to understand why they feel the way they feel, where they're at physically. But if somebody wants to move, I don't just look at the astrocartography. I also relocate the chart because it changes the house systems. Now, I'm not talking about moving from one city to the next city down. I'm talking like if you're making a cross-country move, usually east to west, west to east makes the biggest changes. Um, unless you're making like, if you move from Chile to Norway, that's that's going to change it up a lot. And I, I became interested in locational astrology early on because one of the things I noticed before I became an astrologer, uh, because I had traveled, was how I was different versions of myself in different places. I was always Lori, but here in the United States, I am much more introverted. I'm far less social. Um, I love community, I love people, but I'm just kind of a homebody. When I went to England after the first three months, because you should have to be there, be somewhere for a while. This isn't just like on vacation, right? This is going somewhere and living there. You know, so after the first three months, I became way more social, way more gregarious, 
Um, I was out a lot. I was hardly ever home. It was, it was unless I was like completely broke and I couldn't go out because I was a young college student. Um, and then when I was in another part of the world, I was even more social, like social light social, you know, like it girls social type, which was totally out of character for me. Um, and so when I got to astrology, I was like, okay, what's with that? Is there something to that? Because I am, I, I behave very differently. I deal with things very differently when I'm in this one spot versus this other spot. And sure enough, with locational astrology, if you're somewhere for more than three to six months, you know, you, it, it's really, you can't, again, it's not just vacay, right? But then it also bears out in astrocartography. But a lot of times, all they're looking at is a basic set of lines. They're not looking at midpoints. They're not looking at the aspects. So it's often funny in my readings, I'll do an astro, and people are like, well, that's not what I saw on a video. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but this is how it's done. So, <laughs> so yeah, Jim Lewis's book on astrocartography, it's great. It's it's a great resource no no stop dogs Sorry. i'm all malcolm that's some malcolm barks those are free thank you inside bark give it that one last one buddy oh goodness i can't pause this video i can't pause this recording hang on a second hey no no all right all right. Sorry about that, guys. I covered the mic. Hopefully that helped. Maybe it made it worse. I don't know. Way to spoil a segment, buddy. Hey, 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 Mr. Malcolm. There's a dog. Somebody's walking their dog late at night and it went off. It's like 129, in the morning. And I still have horoscopes to finish. And they will come out today, I promise. All right. That was a great question, Eli. Thank you. I'll get more questions out to everybody. Um, this is from Alyssa. And it is, do we get particularly affected by a transit that matches our natal placements? For example, if we have the moon in Aries, will a moon, Aries moon transits make us extra Aries? That's kind of, that's a good question. Um, so what happens is just kind of like when I answered Riley's question about the difference between a natal transit and or a natal placement and a transit. Um, so first of all, whenever the moon comes back to the exact degree and minute it is in your birth chart, that's your lunar return. And that sets a divinatory chart. Okay. So... Yeah, it lets us know what the month is. So in like my year ahead readings, I look at the solar returns that gives us the theme of the year. And I look at the lunar returns because that gives me a month by month, you know, good look at the specifics of the themes of each month. So, alrighty. So with an Aries moon that you'll just be more charged in that emotional space. So what an, it doesn't make you extra Aries, not really. You're just the energy of the moon is is much more sympathetic to your natal placement. So um, it just depends on how your moon is aspected. But you might be more fiery. You might be more emotive. You might have more energy. 
you know, depends on how your chart is laid out. Remember, it's not just one placement. It's how all the placements work together. But, but that's a good question. I love how all of these are kind of related. And I'm not so far behind anymore. This is, this is great. Okay. Alrighty. Suzanne asks, why are some houses bigger than others? Well, it's the math. And, and um, houses show your relationship to that area of life. But they're all interconnected. They're not, again, it's not like... They're, they're, they're more like rooms in a house. So if you look at your chart as your home, your life, and then e each of the 12 houses is more like a room. Okay. So for those of you who've gotten to see sneak peeks of the map um, or the, the playing board for the Call of Gaia, you'll notice it's a tree with many rooms, like a tree house, um, because it's an easier way to understand the houses. Okay. So some are bigger than others. It depends if you're born more, you know, the closer you're born to the equator, the more equal those houses will be in size. The closer to the poles, the more wonky you'll get like giant ones and skinny ones. And to be honest, you want to use po the porphyry house system, the porphyry house system to do the extreme latitudes. Okay. Placidus works up to a certain point. Then we have to switch over to Porphyry if we're dealing with somebody born in Lapland or, you know, close to Antarctica. So some houses are just bigger because of the math. It's it's based on the longitude and latitude. That's why we need to know the day and time you were born plus the city, state, and country. You know, or the province and country. Which honestly, all I need is your city and your country. You know, or your state if you're from the states my software will figure it out but that's why it's the math it's just the math and it's that math which is rather complex that a lot of people had a problem with because you know you can have interceptions you can have you know multiple signs in a house you can have up to three sometimes four signs if somebody's born in extreme latitude and that confused a lot of people so they're like nope that's too hard I'm gonna go do this system that makes everything equal it doesn't have to be hard. It's not always the easiest thing to explain, I'm, you know. Um, but I do explain a lot on my YouTube videos because I have beginning YouTube videos that you can walk through. And I talk about interceptions. I don't know that I really explain the math in it. Um, but Jennifer will be, Jennifer is going to be picking up the teaching mantle next year and she'll be teaching some of the math around astrology, which I'm excited. That's one of her special interests and I am all about facilitating that. All right. All right. Jessica asks on the October 2nd podcast, you mentioned Mercury would be opposing Neptune and that you expected shipping issues because of this. I was thinking about Mercury and the nervous system in natal astrology, how those neurons deliver transport signals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does mundane Mercury similarly have to do with delivery and transport? Uh, Mercury in mundane does deal with transportation. Um, Neptune also involved would be like shipping because of water so they work hand in hand sailors have ceremonies dedicated to neptune 
So there's there's a lot to it. But yeah, in mundane, Mercury does have to do with, you know, whenever I'm giving like driving, transportation, and I'll give an idea of what I think the transportation issue will be, you know, I let you know. So, but good question, teacher's pet. Teacher's pet. I'll do one more and then we'll do a bunch more for the patrons. Um, let's see, what have I got here? Sometimes I read these and then I say, <clears throat> oh my God. Okay. So Kendall's asking, and I'm not, oh my Godding at your question. It was just when you're like, I hear the pop astrologers. I'm like, yes, I'm sure you do. Um, so Kendall asks, every time we have a full moon slash new moon, I hear the pop astrologers on TikTok talk about how powerful it is if women get their periods or ovulate at this time. Is there any true science to that? Or should I add that to the list of things they bring up as clickbait? I think sometimes the way they talk about it, I first of all, menstruation in many cultures was called moon time okay <laughs> so i don't know how that got lost in the last 30 years um but yeah it used to be very well accepted that ovulation and menstruation were tied to the moon um but there was a scientific study done in the early 80s, late 70s, like it was a long running study. And they found that about 70%, it might have been, I know it wasn't lower than 70%. And no, I don't remember the name of the study, but we can all go on a Google search. But what they, what they found was about 70% of fertile women ovulated around new moons and had their periods around a full moon um it's been a while since i had one it's been like four years because menopause yay um but yeah there's i don't know about you know i think it's powerful to own our bodies and i think you know, there's a power in our, there's, there's, there is power in our reproductive energy. Um, I think more than anything, because especially in the United States, but other countries as well, we tend to shame women for their bodies. We tend to say we're dirty because of it. Um, and I think there's power in embracing the fact that we we have this capacity for creative energy. So I, I think there's a lot to that, but how the information delivered is another story. So, but yeah, usually, usually not every woman, like I said, I think the study found about 70% of quote unquote normal or healthy people with uteruses will ovulate at a new moon and, have a period at a full moon so i know like everybody has a different rhythm like i didn't ovulate at the same time as the book said you were supposed to i think i did it like two days later you know because i had trouble getting pregnant with my daughter and so we looked at that it wasn't horrendous it's just i was following the rules and the rules weren't made for this body once we got this rules figured out for this body so you can pay attention to when you ovulate i know um the astrologers like to track where the moon is with their periods and and, and kind of see so they sometimes sync up 
even in the distance. So I know TMI, but I think it's important we be able to have these conversations without shame. And I think it's important for women to kind of pay attention to their bodies and feel good about their bodies. It's, it's that whole shame thing is how we get oppressed. Good question. Oh, well, I should probably close this out. Um, Oh, except I'm going to answer Don's question. This is a really good question, Don. How can astrology benefit those with unknown birth times? So first of all, and I haven't opened this up, I can rectify charts. I usually get within 10 minutes of a birth time if my questions that I ask get answered with accuracy. Um, it helps if you have a family story. Now I've had people go, what about no birthday? If you don't have a birthday, I absolutely cannot help you. If you have a birth date and a place, um, that we can do it. It'll take longer without any family stories. So like I had one where they absolutely knew that the aunt left work early to get to the hospital to meet her niece. That was just absolutely certain. And I was like, ah, that makes that easier. So you know, there's, there's that. So how can astrology benefit those with unknown birth times when we can rectify Two, um, you'll still, you'll still know you won't have your houses, but you can still get to understand your placements like the, the, well, not that they're not placements at that point, but your personal planets, your outer planets, you'll still gain an understanding of self to some degree. And the more, you know, that the easier it actually is to rectify your chart. Because you'll be like, you know, now granted, I've had people go, now I don't feel like this rising sign. And I'm like, well, you don't always feel like the rising sign. You don't always identify with it. You know, you don't always resonate what's in your chart, especially if you're learning about yourself. Um, and also, yeah, it depends on what you've been reading and studying because it, sometimes it's very narrow interpretation so i'll start describing things people like, oh okay i get it yeah i hope that helps but yeah it is harder without a birth time to make an accurate chart but we can still know that you know your moon is going to fit within a range of things um because the moon moves degree a degree every two hours or so so you know you know you know so there we go. Alrighty. That's going to be my last question. Questions are just addictive for me. I love questions. So if you're a patron, you can ask questions on the googly sheet. And um, I'll answer the Kazini question on the patron only podcast. But yes. Alrighty. Thank you guys. And have a really like, be gentle on yourselves this week. This is a tough week coming up. Um, there's just, there's just a lot going on out in the world and inside of ourselves. You know, we've got, we're leading up to that full moon. It's going to be crunchy. Um, Mars is moving into the opposition with Jupiter. There's going to be a lot of explosive events and, we just got to keep on keeping on, right? All right. Take care. <laughs>